Hello and welcome to Dungeoneered, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. Let's do this. All right, Josh. So every week, you know, I always say this. I don't know what we're doing. But today, it is more true than ever before because I don't even know a topic of any kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I decided to keep it a uh, secret because the name of the thing that we're talking about this week is is so, like, not the topic that I'm curious what you would think it is if I just ask you what you what it is from the name. So this week we're going to talk about the yawning portal. What do you think that is? Okay, I have two initial guesses. Can I have two? Yeah, guesses? go for it. Okay, my first is the yawning portal sounds like a sweet name for like an inn that you go and like sleep, you know, because you go in. And what's the second option? The second option is a portal that's not a portal, but a giant mouth, and it eats you as you walk in. No, yeah, okay, I, I see that. Uh, you were right on the first one. Oh, yes! It is the most famous so inn in the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> I literally had no idea. Yeah. And so it's the most famous inn in all of the Forgotten Realms, the Yawning Portal. Tell me, tell me I'm the best. I need to hear it. You are, you're good. You're pretty average. You're good. Thanks. You're glad I can help you with your self-esteem. <laughs> You're not terrible. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Good. Now, Anyways, what about this yawning portal? The yawning portal is an inn built in the city of Waterdeep on the ruins of Halister Blackcloak's old tower. It has gained most of its renown for being the primary opening to the Undermount to Undermountain a multi-tiered dungeon located underneath Waterdeep. Now, Undermountain is the dungeon of the Mad Mage, and so it's it, it's opening. We talked about that. We're going to talk about that in another episode, so I'm, I'm going to kind of skip over Undermountain. I just wanted to let you know, and anybody listening, Undermountain is what the, the dungeon of the Mad Mage is called, and it opens in the most famous inn in for the Forgotten Realms. Now, the Forgotten Realms wiki describes the Yawning Portal as a stone building with a slate roof, which offers guests rooms on the three upper floors. Well-worn boards covered the floor, but the main impression was of comfort. Rich blue tapestries decorated the wood-paneled walls of the common room, which consisted of a bar and tables of stout wood. A signboard that simply read the yawning portal, hanging on chains from a black iron pole above the front door, announce the entry to the inn. There's got to be some sort of secret, right? It can't just be an inn, a cool inn, right? There's got to be something <laughs> weird going on. The inn had a total of two wells that both could serve as entry points to Undermountain. The first measured 40 feet in diameter, 12 meters, descending 140 feet or 43 meters. It was located between the bar and the dining tables. The dry well was the main and only publicly known passage to Undermountain. A waist-high stone ring was built around the well to prevent customers and objects from falling into the dungeon. Around passing the 50-foot mark, or 15 meters, the well grew completely dark. And on reaching the floor, one entered a sandy floor with stone walls decorated with shields. These shields were rusty beyond all belief, to the point of uselessness. But they were there for one purpose. People who wanted to be drawn back up hit those shields, and the noise made their, its way into the tavern, and the people would lower the 
rope to get the people out. The second well was in the sense of that water could be pulled from it. It was located in the back room and was the end source of washing water. Wait, so you can enter the dungeon through the water well? Yeah. It also said something about being able to enter Hades, but I'm not 100% didn't go into enough detail on that, so I kind of was going to keep that out. (laughs) That's a very deep well. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you know what you probably don't get from that well? What? Holy water. (laughs) Oh. That's so dumb. So the history of the Yawning Portal is a long time ago. The mighty wizard Halister, which is the Mad Mage, built a tower at the foot of Mount Waterdeep and used it as a base to delve into the tunnels underneath the mountain built by dwarves and drow in search of magical power. With the help of his apprentices, they expanded the tunnels and their excavation grew into the vast labyrinth that is now known as Undermountain. Halister and all of his apprentices have since disappeared, which I think we know where they're at now. They're the Dungeon of the Mad Mage. I'm sure they're there. They're in that yeah, they're probably uh, campaign. In the Mad Mage's yeah, dungeon. probably. So for a long time, the secrets of Undermountain remained hidden because the dangers of traveling through it were just so bad that nobody returned. And its tale of being this death trap grew and grew until Waterdeep started sentencing criminals to die by being let into the dungeon and left to fend for themselves. Wow, that's rude. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it kind of is. Now, this continued until two adventurers, Durnan and Mert. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Durnan? Durnan, D-U-R-N-A-N, and the other one is dirt, but change the D to an M. So it's Mert. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> so it's M-I-R-T. Yeah. And now they're two like super well-known people in Waterdeep, though. Uh, but so Durnan and Mert showed up to take on the dungeon and they became the first adventurers to return from Undermountain. They returned with vast riches and magical treasures. Now, Durnan, after reco- recovering all this magic and money retired from adventuring and purchased the land on which the entrance to Undermountain was, and he was the one who built the yawning portal there. Now he charges a gold piece to descend the well, whether they use the inn's help to descend or not, and also to return cost a gold piece. They also do bets on any adventurer who descends whether or not they'll return. He's turned it into like a giant gambling den slash awesome tavern. Yeah, um, it's yeah, I would say it's not as evil as saying gambling den implies. <laughs> now, a little bit more about Durnan is Durnan was born in the north and began adventuring with Mert when they were around 10 years old. He gained the nickname Durnan the Wanderer because his childhood adventurers adventures were just wandering around and killing monsters. Then, as we heard, he and Mert were the first ones to return from Undermountain alive, wealthy, and he, and he retired from adventuring. His successful tavern in Waterdeep grew and grew and grew in prominence in, and kind of earned, a, earned him a place as one of the masked lords, which made him a council member of Waterdeep. So he's, top of the, he's one of the top leadership in the city now. Mert, through his own 
dealings also was able to work his way up to be a masked lord as well. Now, Durnan was not happy with just being on this council. He had a very strong sense of justice and hated anyone outside of that. So he created a group called the Red Sashes, a vigilante group who helped where the law fell short. And that's all I got for water for the Yawning Portal, which from like everything I'd heard, it sounded like there was going to be a whole lot of stuff about it. But then I started doing the research and I'm like, there's very little here. <laughs> so it was just like tavern, just a normal tavern besides that it has entrances into the Mad Mage's dungeon. Yeah, I mean, it's a tavern that's also like super well connected and also super magical. So Durnan and all of his all the workers there have like amulets of spell turning and like just there's a bunch of magical defenses and whatnot. And so it is a super well-known place and super well-protected place. And there's always four um, kind of fighters that are in the mixed in the crowd acting as if they are just people that are going to the tavern, but they are actually guards for this tavern <laughs> bouncers and whatnot. Is this tavern like the, the popular spot to hang out in Waterdeep? Like very if you much were so. on a night out of the night on the town in Waterdeep, that's where you go. Yeah. And also it's like in like the Royal district with like Waterdeep castle nearby. And so it's like a hub location. It's very well located and very well situated for a tavern. <laughs> and then these two, these two adventurer guys, mm -hmm. they bought the rights. Uh, no, like the land uh, around. Just, what? just Durnan did that. Durnan bought the land around the kind of opening to Undermountain and built this place there, which it actually did have the old tower of Halisters, but he broke, he tore that down and built the, the awning portal where it stood. Dude, talk about a crazy business investment. Holy moly. Yeah, really? Really? It was. What would possess you as a man to go, Hey, I just came out of this dungeon of the mad mage. And you know what? I think what I want to do is build a tavern over top of it so that I can charge people money and gamble whether they make it or not. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is an interesting choice. And it might have even been like a heroic thing. Like, I'm going to make this so I can, like, make sure the people going down are not morons. Like, they know what they're getting into, that type of stuff. I don't I don't know. But it does seem like a very weird business decision. <laughs> yeah, and, and so if you, like, you're obviously probably not responsible for people, you know, falling down it or like, you know. Oh, no, he is. That's why he built the that's why he built the railing. <laughs> yeah, the, it's literally like a stone well now. It looks like a basic stone well with like kind of bricks. Um, just a stone well, you know, it's hard to describe. Yeah, a 40 foot stone well. <laughs> well, 40 foot wide stone well, but it's the out border <laughs> of it is like a basic stone well is what I was saying. Then do do like the citizens of Waterdeep know that the Yawning Portal, the inn, is like a dangerous place that descends into madness of the mage? Well, they know that the the entrance to Undermountain is there. Yes, most of them are probably not going to go in, considering that most of them are level zero, and that would be dangerous. So then, today are we making a tavern? Yes, 
So I felt like we had to oh eventually gosh. reach a tavern. And I was like, what's the best way to, to, to make, like, to bring up the topic of a tavern? And so I, I remembered the Yawning Portal, because there's the book also, Tales of the Yawning Portal, which is kind of set there. But it's also like a whole bunch of like little adventures you can throw in anywhere. And so I was like, huh, like, let's let's try the Yawning Portal. And it, there just wasn't as much info on it as I hoped. Yeah, but the cool part is, is we get to make a tavern now. Yes. Well, yes, that is the cool part. All right, let's do this. What? <laughs> what? Um, so, Do we want to have a big, we... crazy attraction like entrance to a dungeon? Yeah, what do we want to do? I mean, like, we obviously can't just make a normal tavern, right? We can't do that. Yeah, it's got to be over the include top. chairs and potato wedges in it. <laughs> They definitely have chairs and they definitely sell potato wedges. <laughs> no, ooh, but uh, just a weird little thing. There could be a mimic in the corner that like the, everybody knows is a mimic and he just loves potato wedges. And so he's kind of become like a kind of like a faithful pet for the tavern. And so like regulars will throw him a potato wedge. I just can't I just can't deal with a mimic who eats potato wedges, you know? It's so good. <laughs> All right. The cute little mimic need... eating potato wedges. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we need an attraction to our inn, right? Yes. And do we do we want to make it a do we want to copy the yawning portal and make it a dungeon or do we want to do something different or cooler? Different. Like do we want like a secret fighting ring underneath the tavern? Do we want like I don't know. What do we what are, what are you thinking? Well, hmm. I was thinking like it's staffed by something interesting. My mind went to vampires or like just this. There's something up with the staff, but it's like it's not like something nefarious. Like they let everybody know like, hey, we're vampires or or maybe it's like it's a safe haven for vampires or something like that. We're like, hey, one of the things on our menu, which we're very clear about is we sell blood. OK, let's do something crazy. Okay, let's do something okay. crazy. Thinking of monsters in D anD D, what would be the most outlandish thing? Slods. To own a tavern? What? Slods. Slods. <laughs> but one that wouldn't be outlandish that I would all maybe I maybe not really maybe not most outlandish. <laughs> let's go one that's like half step. <laughs> okay, half step is Nothic, because Nothics are well. So for everybody who doesn't know, Nothics are. They're like diviners. They're people that are really good at reading people and really good at kind of telling the future. And they are also known for being like kind of hidden, but in they, they go in cities because that's where the majority of people that want divination are. And so they're not as evil as like hags and whatnot. So they're not going to like sell me your soul. But they're like they definitely take more than a human would. And so I think it would be fun to have them be a tavern owner. I like the I definitely like. I like the idea, and you could like base it off of like a, like this person tells you fortunes or something too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be one of the attractions to get people in. Oh, your fortune! Yeah, I like this a lot. I like this a lot. So then we have a tavern. So is this Nothic? Does he look like a normal Nothic? Yes, because they're creepy. <laughs> I love Nothics. They're one of my Aren't favorite. They the people with like the the one giant eyeball. Yep. They're humanoids like the with one giant eyeball and kind of like uh, spikes on their back. All right, be honest. Say you were 
you know, downtown going into your bar and he walked in and there was one of those things behind the counter. <laughs> if if <laughs> it's a fantasy world and I know they exist, heck yeah. Serve me up that sweet beer. <laughs> I got I got I got weird taste, man. I understand this. But so what I was saying is if I know it's a fantasy world, but if it's real world, I'll be like, what? <laughs> this thing exists? I mean, but I also like I'd be like, more problems what? If it was heck real yeah, world. it's a Nothic? I know these from D&D. And if they really exist, that would be <laughs> mad. fanboy over it? Yes, I would fanboy <laughs> over it. Especially because I know how powerful <laughs> they are. Sweet, dude. <laughs> It'd be like, uh, I feel like Stranger Things where it's like, what? You're a demigorgon? I love demigorgons. That's so cool. <laughs> okay, so we have a Nothic who runs the tavern. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking... Who does Rakshasa co-host? No, he has to have a co-host, though, for sure. But Rakshasa, I mean, yeah, it's a kitty, though. That's pretty cool. I was thinking the inn is called the Sleeping Giant Inn, and in the corner there's a huge hill giant who's sleeping. At all times? He's always sleeping? I mean... No, it doesn't have to always be at all times unless, you know, ooh, <laughs> never mind. I had a, I had a, I had a dumb no, idea. You have really. to tell me this terrible, <laughs> tor- this terrible idea. I want to hear it. Okay. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, you know, the game pin the tail on the donkey. Oh, no. Okay, continue. Well, for some reason, when I thought of Sleepy Giant in, I thought of a giant sleeping and you had to pin a tail on his butt. And if he woke up, you won a prize. But then I thought, if he won, if he woke up, you won a prize. It shouldn't yeah. be if he didn't. Yeah, but then I was, yeah, exactly. But then I was like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> so I guess you know it can't be pin the tail on the giant because you have to. Yeah. You have to understand that the majority of people going to this tavern are not going to be adventurers. They're not going to be high level NPCs or anything. They're going to be basic townsfolk. So you have to your entertainment. All the has to be something that won't get them destroyed immediately. What's a night on the town without a little risk, you know? <laughs> but agree. <laughs> no, it's definitely not going to be sleeping giant in. But he does uh-huh. have to have he does have to have like a a business partner I, or a I do like the idea of a weird co-host. I was hmm. thinking also when I was talking about sleeping giant in, I was thinking yeah. of kids like sliding down a giant giant's belly. <laughs> What a weird world you live in. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to rack my mind. I, so one of the, I mean, this is definitely not going to be the idea, but I saw a Reddit post one time where people talked about how either it was them or the person was the DM. And he talked about how the party destroyed his like big bad, his huge big bad at the end. So it's a Tarrasque <laughs> and they had, uh, a gem that they had put the awakening spell in and Tarasks are have a low enough intelligence that you could awaken them with an, the awakening spell. Oh no. So they awoke it and then just convinced it not to attack the city. And so well, I guess that's fair like maybe it's some sort of monster that has been awakened. And so normally the normal ones you see are like too stupid to be, to to work in a society, but this one for because it's been awoken has like this has transcended that. See, I like this idea, but my problem is, well, maybe it's not really a problem. 
but what like what monster are we gonna be like are we gonna use like a clotted plant i mean it could be anything from nathan to <laughs> nathan <laughs> so in one of our campaigns he awoke his horse which he had been calling nathan and then he true after i turned him into a griffin into a griffin yeah good times it's always a good time yeah but yeah, so it could be anything from like a horse to anything. Any any maybe Nanothic just had a dog that he loved and so he awoke it and now it's his business partner. For some reason when I think dog, I see like somebody coming into the tavern, they're like, Oh sit and the dog's like, You sit <laughs> He's like, No. And he's <laughs> like, you, you sit, sit. <laughs> right over here. There's an empty table. I'll be with you in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> A horse is a good idea. I like horse. But I feel like you walk into a tavern, you see a Nothic, and you see a talking horse. I feel like the Nothic is still going to be kind of like, you know. Oh, I think the Nothic should always still be the the big, like, what? Yeah, but I feel like we're missing, you know, a Nothic is cool, but we're missing, like, you know, like, if you buy a jelly-filled donut, okay? Mm-hmm. You buy a jelly-filled donut for the awesome jelly in the center, you know? Yeah, I feel like we're missing that jelly in the center for our co-host. And you, okay. <laughs> so no, how, how do you think not a jelly-filled donut? <laughs> should the co-host be some? Which I think we could just start using the normal word instead of co-host. Um, like how last time you continued to use son, son when it was grandson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we could do co-owner. <laughs> Or any other like the act some actual terms for it instead of co-host, which they're not hosting a podcast, so it's not a co-host. Okay, his partner in crime <laughs> works. So the partner in crime would it be interesting if it was just like something normal? Well, I mean, but something about it was abnormal. I mean, I think it would be. I don't know. Like if if I'm thinking like if I'm creating an in in my like own game mm -hmm. and i'm trying to make it interesting yeah and i wanted like a cool co-host co-host is the word again but i wanted like something unique about the tavern yeah i think like what would be the most unique for like common people is seeing like a com something common but it's like different than what you're normally used to seeing so like for mm -hmm. example if I were so to the say dog horse, was on the right track for like that. a dog yeah or like a horse that was like rainbow colored you know like something that you're expecting but it's different. So if you go to an inn, okay, mm -hmm. dive into your mind, your mind palace, okay. If you go to an inn, what do you see? Common stuff. What do you see? Go. Tables, chairs, mugs, um, forty foot well that leads to Undermountain. Um, oh yeah, yeah, probably that one. <laughs> yeah, regular stuff, you know. Um, okay, I got a terrible one. I got a terrible, terrible, right. terrible one. Uh. So, um, there was this Make-A-Wish kid. His Make-A-Wish was to make a monster that was actually in D&D. And he got it. He got that wish granted. And he created something called the Oblex. This is a no idea what slime. Is. Oh, it's the most horrifying thing. And I'm just... I don't know this kid, but I'm just so proud of him that this is his Make-A-Wish. It's so beautiful. It's He's amazing. Uh... <laughs> It's the most horrifying creature, one of the most horrifying creatures in all of D&D. &D. Um, so it kills people, absorbs them, learns all of their memories, and then can kind of create facsimiles of them. 
But the way that Gosh, you can know that it's that it's an oblex facsimile is that there is a slime like connection point from the person to the oblex. So if all of the wait staff in this place is the oblex. So it's something you see every day. It's just people. But technically, it's not just people. So <clears throat> these things are super creepy. Yes, very, very creepy. They're full of like skulls. They're human engulfed in horrible slime with faces and skulls floating around all over with like these yes. weird. That's so and this was this amazing make make a wish kid that did this. Honestly, amazing. I kind of like this better than Anothic as like the main. Oh, it's so creepy, though. Let's it is. It's so creepy. <laughs> Because that's why I thought it would be a fun combo. So you don't even have to like really look at this thing is not going to be the main. You're going to see one of its like people, but all of the wait staff will have this little trail behind them. So those people who know about Oblex are like, wait a minute. But everybody else is just like, that's weird. And they might ask them. And I don't what, what do you think they would say? Would they would they just be outright? Oh, I'm technically an Oblex. Um, They're pretty this evil, is just, right? <laughs> they normally are. But I, I, I always like going into those tropes. If it says it's evil, like, why can't in in a sentient thing, why can't one of them go against the grain? I think this while I love this idea, Mm -hmm. I think this is a little too creepy for for my in. You know what I'm saying? For like the. okay, but I just I mean, I just wanted to throw it out there because you were you were saying think of something normal. And I was like, uh, I was thinking wait staff. And I was like, oh, oh, one creature doing all being all the wait staff. You guys do the critical roll out route of copies of simulacrums yeah simulacrums you could always do that but if i walk into an inn obviously we see tables invisible servants bar invisible servants (laughs) you just see floating floating in trays yeah and you see floating um uh gosh i can't think of the word uh like notepads where they take take your order down Maybe they're all wearing gloves so you can see where they're at. So they're not 100% invisible. You can see the gloves. You're just floating hats and gloves and like scarves and boots. <laughs> what if you did? Dude. Oh, ooh, I have an idea. Okay. What if you did? So let's say the theme of the tavern is kind of like. Like shields, swords, armors, kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What if um, what if like animated armor like you came and sat down like came off of the wall and like took your order or whatever too creepy no i think that works i think that would work just fine floating armor like this Um, weird like animated armor walking towards you to like i mean that's creepy though here's a rug of smothering coming to take your order (laughs) (laughs) now that's that now that's okay there's another idea what if in the middle of this tavern, okay, if we scrap the armor, okay, what if what if there was like some sort of like sentient? I know this is gonna sound weird because you said rug, but like, what if there's some sort of like weird fortune telling rug or like animate object that isn't normally supposed to speak or talk or think, but can like, because that would be in such so like people from all over come to like see this strange entity talk and give fortunes or give like prophecies so, but what would know? you what would this the thing be would That's it be really like a um, I don't know I'm trying to think and I just nothing's coming to mind for what it, I have a weird idea here 
Now, for the thing that it could be. All right, let's get it. What if it's... So this is something we have in our world, like our actual world. What if it's one of those machines that you put the coin in and it has like that kind of like animatronic fortune teller behind it? And it's just such a weird thing for this world. Like no, nobody in this world has seen that type of a thing before. That's why it's such a big attraction. Put your coins in and it gives you a fortune. Yeah, it's like one of those machines. And so everybody, all the players will be like, wait a minute. I know what that is. But then the, the fantasy characters are like, I don't know what this is. This is so cool. I really like this idea. I like this. I like the basic principle of like mm-hmm. people put their coins in and it gives them a fortune. I like that yeah. basic idea a lot. Do I want it to be a machine, though? Like a like our like a modern day doesn't have to be modern day, but you know what I'm saying? Like, do I want Yeah, it could be I like a Warforged or something like that. Because, I mean, we could go, we could do like a, a, a classic like mirror. Like you go in and it like shows you your future as you look into the mirror. But that's like super cliche, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like really, really cliche. And so when it's something would, that's like, like visual in D&D where you have to kind of, because even the DM, like you don't know what you're, players are going to decide later on and i mean unless you're having a super like railroaded game it's hard to give a future if it's not some vague words no absolutely it, it would have to be like you know you'd, you'd have to sit and like think about what the fortune is going to be for each player because that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the only way it would work because otherwise yeah. you know or even like you 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 could even just do like a a prophecy that these players are going to be a part of like the end of the world type prophecy where like only you can wield the sword that will stop the creature, you know, like that type of thing. Yeah. Um, you could do something like that, but it, I like the idea of it being some sort of mundane item that you would like see every day, you know, like maybe a, a sword, like a sword, like a talking sword. Talks could it be like, mind. um, like some sort of like a magic item. So it's like a sun blade. So it's like still like a sword, but it's like one of like the well-known legendary swords. But for some reason, this one's giving fortunes. Yeah, I also liked I also liked the idea of like a painting, but then that's like super Harry Potter, you know, that's like that's like super cliche. Also, like this painting talks to you and it like paints in front or like, oh, I like that, though. What if it's just OK? OK, along that lines, what if it's just a desk with parchment and ink on it and you sit down and it like writes your fortune out? Hmm. Is that too cliche also? Is that also too Harry Potter? No, I don't think that's cliche. I don't think that's been done. Or at least I haven't heard it been done. Um, or do we want hmm. it to like talk? No, I like the idea of writing it out. I like the idea of, of it takes time to get this fortune. It's not just one and done. It tells it to you. Bye bye. You yeah, got to invest like... something. And also, if if you didn't plan for them to teleport back here when they're high level, like it gives the DM like time as it's writing it out where other players can do other role play stuff while you take time to write out a new fortune for them. True. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of like that idea of like a table, like, or like, okay. Like you walk into the bar and you can see that like the, the normal counter where the bar would be at the very end, there's like just this like scroll open with like a pen and paper sitting at the end. No, I thought it would be more of a main attraction. Do you think it's more of a hidden thing? Like you have to, you have to know the guy or be no, in with I see the tavern it. in some way. No, I see it. Like 
it's a main attraction, but it's just part of the, like, it's the core. Like, you're just sitting at the bar with your bros, you know, getting a drink, you know what I'm saying? And then, literally at the end of the bar is this scroll that's, like, partially open. Like, you know how, like, folded on two sides, just, like, partially open with a mm-hmm. quill and ink. And you can choose to go and sit down, and the bartender kind of makes his way over, which would be the Nothic, and he kind of makes his way over. And you would have to, like, pay him a gold, and then you could, like ask one question or you could like because i think i think i like the idea of a fortune but i also like the idea of like it being very interactable with like your players so like they could sit down and like yeah i like the idea of ask a question because then the dm could it's easier for the dm to be like oh i know the answer to that one the problem with ask a question that you might run into would be like you know they could ask some really um like game-breaking questions you know but yeah, but so that's the thing. You make it you make it be a real thing. So it has a real like maybe it's just the Nothic doing it or maybe like whatever it is, it is it is something. It is it has a limited amount of knowledge. That knowledge might be vast, but it is limited. So if they ask a game breaking question, it just there's no way it knows. Like this thing, based on whatever it is actually getting info from, maybe it's from another plane, or maybe it's whatever. It just it doesn't know that game breaking answer. All right. For In the same way that like all these divination questions, like all the divination spells for clerics to figure out stuff from the future, there is that kind of same get out of jail free. Like there's a possibility they just don't know. Not everybody would know all these answers. For some reason, when you were just talking about. When when you were just talking, I had this like, what if it was a door and you could you walked in through the door and it brought you to your future? OK, why would you want to do that? And how would that work for D&D? Well, for example, <clears throat> like if you had a character who's in their backstory, like you could you could use it, all sorts of different backstory things and you can make it like some sort of fortune. So you went up to the door and say you like you carved a question like there's a dagger you like carved a question into the door opened it and stepped through it and it brought you into like you know what i'm saying like it brought you or like took your mind into you seeing the future and Mm -hmm. then you could with your players like run a whole scenario where they're like choosing to do stuff what are they doing in this situation just like a quick glimpse of the future of of some sort of event or or a question from the question they asked or anything like that like if your character has a backstory who says like um like somebody's missing in their backstory and they ask where is this person like mm-hmm. it'd be, it might be really cool to have like a written out scenario that like brings them into like you know what I'm saying? I think it'd be really cool. Hmm. And then yeah, I, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Like I'm trying to think of uses for it like in in my game like thinking about it as Well, I'd probably have to I'd probably have to treat it like a god vision. Have you ever done god visions in your game? Uh like the divination spell? No, like like non D&D non like rules oriented like your character falls asleep and they go into some sort of divination dream with their god like a very uh, yeah okay yeah yeah i have or, those like that. or like jester and the traveler type thing yeah 
I'd probably have to run it like that, where I would have like a set event that I had for each player. And then when they stepped through the door, I would like run them through that scenario. Interesting. So for example, if I was, if I had a, a character who let's use was missing their family, like not like I miss them, like I'm homesick, but like they're, they don't know where they went. They were taken or lost. Yeah. And the door is known to tell you, tell you something that you most, not most desire, um, but like it's, it's supposed to tell you something that you desire and you step through. And I would use the player's backstory to do like this. You would like step through into like a dark prison, like this kind of dark, dank prison cell um, where on either side of you are these like caged, uh, these caged people, their arms kind of sticking out and reaching for help as you walk through with like a, like with like a torch, um, like you're in a different body. You look down, you can see that mm. you um, are wearing chain mail with like a, a crest like i'd probably put like a crest like a like a lion with a sword like this weird crest on your body um and then you know when they got out they could make like history checks on where this might be stuff like that and you are walking through rows and rows of prison cells with like people who are screaming and moaning for your help who who need food and who are um in agony as you kind of slowly make your way down this hall and then you turn with the keys and I'd probably be like the keys in your like left, you know, like left pocket. And again, this is just all kind of, but like you reach in and grab the keys and unlock the cell door. And then you would describe their parents sitting in the cell and then mm -hmm. they would end and they would wake up directly in front of the door with it closed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so I think it'd be a really fun personal, like personal way to get your characters involved using their backstory. Yeah, I think that, I think that is merit. I think that's good. Uh, now, where is it? Do you think this inn is in a major city, or is it like kind of like way out of the way, and so you have to like purposely go there, or be like one of the villagers that lives nearby? So it's not super I, well known about this door. I could see it either way. What do you like? I kind of like that out of the way. Like that's why it's like hasn't been taken over or attacked by any sort of nation to be like, I need this info so we can save the, or attack our enemies. Like it's idea. It's, it's more of a, a rumor for most people. What if we did both? Uh, what you mean? What if it was like a traveling circus, but like a traveling inn, like a traveling moving tavern and inn that moved from city to city. Like they set up like a big tent Okay, set up oh, a yeah, big I mean, tent like you know, a something like that. What if it was like they they traveled and you could even like you could even if you were looking for something to do for like traveling, you could even have them kind of like be this weird traveling caravan that they run into as well. In an anime. Uh it's called Seven Deadly Sins. It's I'm gonna be honest, it's okay. <laughs> There's cool stuff about it, but not all of it's great. But the main character, Meliodas, has an inn, a cavern. I don't think it I don't think it has any room, so I think it'd be just a tavern. And he has a giant pig, and the pig literally burrows itself in the ground, and on its back is the tavern. And so when he's ready to go, the pig just stands up and just begins to walk. And so there's some sort of like a giant creature that it's on top of that then just burrow like a some sort of burrowing creature. See, I love that kind of stuff. That would be so fun. Yeah, that would be is like maybe they just cast in large yeah, some sort of, or like even like a weird pack animal that 
But the, the nice like thing about it Biden. is that that means that the tavern is not like something you set up and take down. It's like a full-on building. He has like a pocket size in. You could also go the route of like this Nothic just has a like the tavern like this traveling tavern is also just has all sorts of strange animals and strange weird stuff that he's like collected over the years. That definitely sounds like a Nothic. <laughs> definitely sounds like a Nothic. Yeah, you could. So like, you walk into this tavern and not only. Do you see, you know, like tables, chairs, food, you know, people being served, but there are ostriches, peacocks, elephants in the room. Like just all sorts of maybe it has more of the more of the elements that we already talked about as ideas. Maybe it also does have like maybe one or two animated rug, animated armor, animated shield, and they're all just on the walls. And then maybe there's a, a talking animal. I love the idea of like, I love the idea of animated armor that's like on the wall that's like singing. It's like up like a band with like a big harp next to it. Okay, okay. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember those like uh, fish that you could ha- like they they had those animatronic fish no. that sing? No, like they're like a bass that like is animated and you like click a button oh, underneath yes. it. It's on a placard. Okay, yeah, yeah yes. totally. You know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah. So like one of those is what I'm imagining. <laughs> So yeah, it's like this that'd, be, that'd be so fun to like walk into like an animated harp is playing next to like an animated bass that's singing <laughs> dude yes animated bass that is the main singer there's there's a harp there's a there's a lute and they're all animated and they're all just jamming oh it'd be great yeah and i could picture this like traveling circus of a tavern that's just crazy and you can hear that like Oh, I hear that blah blah blah's tavern is you it's know whatever the name is. We have to decide that too. It's yeah. Coming into town, and it gets everybody excited. And so, as your players are in the town, you know these rumors are coming that this this crazy traveling you know circus tavern is coming to town. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. I really like that. And you have all sorts of cool little trinkets that they can mess with within this little tavern. And then you know you could do the door. You could even do like. That if you stay the night, like if you promise to stay the night, like you get like a vision or like, you know, like, <laughs> like something crazy. Because the Nothic does give certain like fortunes. And so maybe the, the there's the door. But then if you stay the night, the Nothic could also offer his services. I also like the idea of you like going to the Nothic first. And like he looks at one of your players, depending on what your player's backstory and stuff is. And he looks at like he's like. You're like you're you're the one worthy for the door, you know, like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, like like he he himself can't give you this prophecy, you know, mm-hmm. like this is this is one for the door, you know, oh, like, you're you're one for the door. And maybe it's maybe it's not in the middle. Maybe it's still like a major attraction, but it's like behind the counter. So like it's not not just anybody can oh, use yeah. it. And he's like, no, no, no. Go back there. Go back there. You'll be helped. I was thinking. It's one of like the doors that you would go to like sleep, like, like it's like a room. Like you would go to like go mm-hmm. into the room. Oh, so he gives you a key to the room? Question quotation marks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and th- there's like no number. It's like, no, you know, like you'll like, know when you get up there, and it's like an old right, rusted exactly. uh, frame, and you got this old key. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> And so, like, you, the players would walk into this tavern and they would see, like, 
again, just all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, you could see, I think it'd be really fun to have like an ostrich taking people's orders, you know, like just, just hey, 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 we've already jumped the shark. Let's just keep going. Let's have ostriches serving people now. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like crazy, like these just random assortment of crap that this Gothic has taken over that, time. Everybody who likes you ostriches, know? they're crap. Aaron, 2020. Okay, listen. <laughs> okay. Hot take on, listen, hot take on ostriches profit. here on the Dungeoneered podcast. <laughs> Won't get it anywhere else. <laughs> ostriches are crap. We all know it now. <laughs> listen here. Listen here. But I think that'd be really fun. I think that'd be a really cool idea. Mm. And I love the idea of the town getting excited about it. So if we were to take our scenario from like, you know, last week where we talked about like the lich in the town and stuff, mm-hmm. like in the middle of that kind of arc, if you needed some sort of like something to break up, you know, like the constant stress of like searching and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like there's been rumors going about the town that this like traveling, this crazy traveling tavern is coming to town, yeah. you know? And so that would be a really fun way just to kind of like interject a session of, or, you know, half a session or whatever of different and role play. Cause there'd be tons of role play opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, you could even have the Nothic has different like servants. I don't, I don't know, like, or staff who also have their own unique fun little backstories and stuff that they can interact with and stuff all throughout the tavern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the, the Nothic and his tavern has kind of become like a, um, asylum for people that are, that feel that feel like they they get weird looks in towns and whatnot and they're just they're normal people but they just maybe there's there's just something that it seems like society is not accepting them and so it, there's it's full of these interesting characters like you were saying for the the group to interact with yeah i like the idea of the tavern like collecting this like like his staff is like his following of people who are neglected by society so like i love the idea of like and depends on like how politically correct you want to go with it but like you could do like hunchbacks or like you know like people who you know like just depending on what your society was like like you know maybe people who are have had some sort of horrible disease like you know like they have like skin rashes. i always like the society to be close to ours to an extent so that we can have some sort of like if we really want to have some sort of political ideal in it i don't like political ideals in my games but like having it as close to real life also helps me like orient myself around it as well because i know how the world reacts to things and so no totally and so by having it be like it's literally people are not accepting just people that look slightly differently or everything. And it just depends on what yeah. like nation you're in. So maybe he literally will take he, like people that feel out of place and, and like, like they're looked down on, they go and join his circus and maybe they leave like two nations over because that nation is a lot more accepting. And they're like, I could live here. And so he also is kind of like, he's not, he's not only a, a refuge. He's also like ferrying them to a better place. And what if this tavern, we keep saying tavern circus, but what if they did like, you know, like a show also, you know, like every night there was a cool show that they did of like 
like a circus show mm-hmm. as well. So it's like tavern traveling circus, this whole traveling act of accommodations and yeah, know. I'm not remembering what it's called. Um there's this it might have gone out of business actually. Um it, it it's I don't know if it's fully fast food or you would call it that. It's um, so the food is not great. It's not high quality. Um it's a place in Denver that um it's a Mexican place that has like a whole theatrical thing with characters dressed up as pirates or whatever. And it has this whole like kind of almost jungly theme throughout the whole place. And there's like waterfalls and all these things. And it's this huge area. And like, maybe it's like dinner and a show type thing where there's these kind of constant acting going around on around you. And maybe they even like talk to customers as they're eating and like, it's this whole show that's kind of constantly going on. Yeah, I think that would be super fun. And it'd be a really fun thing to run in D&D for the players, especially. Mm-hmm. And it's and because we, we decided it's, oh, I guess we decided it's moving around. Like, you can bring it to the party whenever they're, whenever you feel they're ready for it. <laughs> Maybe they just had like a super hard fights and like they're ready to relax since they head into this town. But oh, wait, there's this really cool tavern that's just showed yeah. up. Yeah, or you could even like, have them be setting it up and building it like getting it ready and so they're like you could even make that as a point like you can see like these huge tents being set up all over the you know like so that the players automatically like are like what is what's what's going going on here here? there's something being set up yeah like is this like a holiday or something why not yeah yeah sorry sorry for all of you listening if you heard that child scream I actually heard that child yeah. scream. It's like my bird. So I'm like your bird. To... Oh, there's a lot of child screaming now. Um, my nephews are in town and they're staying with me. So that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could have screaming nephews in the tavern, too, if you want. Yeah, they could. And they're just when you're recording a podcast and you're like, hey, can you be quiet? They just seem to get louder than they were just a second ago. True. <laughs> but yeah, I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of screaming and a lot of running downstairs right now. You're fine. I think we're good, right? I think we're okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, so this performance, what, like, what is, like, like in this, this Mexican restaurant that I was talking about, uh, they have, like, I think, I, it's been so long since I actually, like, went there. Um, it was like a jungle themed air, like, decorations, terrain around there. And there was, like, pirates and people swinging across things and whatnot what is the style what are they playing up is it pirates is it um gosh i can't think of anything right now <laughs> like uh what type of entertainment would that be um honestly honestly i see this kind of as like a typical circus okay so like a cirque du soleil type thing yeah, yeah, but I mean, probably more like clowny, you know, like <laughs> maybe not yeah, clowns, I was say, but like clowny. Really, we're gonna people, go clowny. Yeah, you know, yeah, like Cirque du Soleil. People like riding on elephants, you know, swinging, doing cool acrobatics, yeah, cool acrobatics, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and all, and you know, like, and I also see it like you know, world's hairiest woman, you know, like weird, mm. like but you get what i'm trying to say i get what like, you're saying like, but i don't i'm not a huge fan of the of circuses like like circuses <laughs> i mean that makes sense most of them are like yeah so i kind of want it to be more i like that's why i like cirque du soleil cuz it's just it's just people that are talented that are doing things it's not 
hey, look, this person's weird. Come see the weird oddities. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if it, if it was like, come see the weird oddities, it would defeat the purpose of having like a good Nothic who's like gathering yeah. a safe haven. <laughs> who's gathering these people being a safe haven instead of a gawk at these people. Yeah, yeah. Laugh and make fun of these people. Yeah, no, you're right. You're totally right. And so maybe yeah, I'd like to surf maybe it's like uh, and... maybe there is like attractions like um, the Hall or of Mirrors was... or stuff like that. What if it was like a play? That would work. That's cool. What if they did like what if they did like a play? That's different, right? You would have to think up a play as a DM, which I've already done in my world. Technically, I did an opera. <laughs> I'd love to hear you sing opera. <laughs> no, I didn't actually sing it. No, I just described what they, the players saw because. I don't have to sing it. Yeah, I mean, you could do something like that, and you could just describe like the basic premise of the play. That yeah, they mine watched. was like a love yeah. story uh, that kind of it, it it was set in a town and with a a major thing that was going on. I actually used the I forget what it's called. I I I, I kind of took this weird. It says it's an opera, but it's not sung opera y. If you know what I mean. Um, so it's not like the people yeah, like totally singing good. super. I don't know what you what do you, I don't know what you call that type of singing, but it's not operatic like that. It's more laid back. And now like I'm never going to be able to find it again. <laughs> it's a super it's a, a super long album. Um, but I was like, I don't think anybody I've ever like anybody I know has heard of this thing. And I've listened to the whole thing. And it was like it was a super weird opera where it was like the person figured out a way to trap a soul inside a doll so people when their loved ones were dying would buy this doll and like it would literally have their loved one trapped in it but the loved one couldn't like speak or anything and it was just kind of like a um a comfort thing that is so creepy (laughs) well so what happened is that person dies but their business has been super successful so the kid takes over and they continue like figuring like learning the technology. And so they find that they can make they can find a way to to put the soul in the in more dolls, but have these dolls be animated and move around. And so they do. And so that's what they that's what they did. They had like these dolls that kind of move around and and so and then eventually the next generation is able to make them talk. And then eventually, that is so creepy. Yeah, you go, oh, it's it's so horrifying. Creepy. And then eventually, the dolls start killing people, or something like that. Like, oh yeah, it's something really bad. And so I literally just kind of got a basic synopsis of what this opera was, and then used that because it was this weird, obscure thing that the players wouldn't know. But I set it in the world because there's a major part of this world which was actually inspired by this opera that I heard. Uh, it, it all kind of, oh, here it is. I got it. Um, it all kind of centers around like the first city was made around something like it was some sort of event or thing that just kept going on and kept going on. And so people were super excited. And so they all watched it and eventually they started to build places to sit shelter. And then just slowly this city began to got made. Yeah, it's called The Dolls of New Albion, a steampunk opera. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so it was it was weird and crazy. And but I loved it. I was like, this is super weird. and I love it. Yeah, and I think what you'd want to do for like D&D is you want to make it probably pretty like weird or crazy. Yeah, 
And I think this could be a really fun, like, this could be a really fun thing to, like, try and step out of your comfort zone with, with, like, D&D. Like, you're, like, DMing. Mm -hmm. Like, if you you weren't necessarily, like, super comfortable with, like, role-playing a ton, it might be a really fun step to, like, get, like, do this, like, fun little, like, play in front of your, you know, like, players. I think it would be really fun. It could be a really fun learning experience that you could use, too. Yeah, and and I think the, the, I've been super lucky. The group I've been playing with, we finished one campaign and we're near the end of a second one. We've been doing this for a while now. Many, like, a lot of years now. I don't even remember how much, but I have been the DM the whole time. And so I've I've been, like, I can visibly see how I've grown and gotten better at DMing. And tr- and it all happens be- because I tried new things. And so I have grown immensely because i've forced myself to step out of my comfort zone and also i have good friends like aaron and chris and whatnot and people that i I see dming and i can ask them things and that's why i also like podcasts like the one we have here where we talk about how we're doing things and it might be completely different or similar but slightly different to things you've done and then just slowly like trying things they suggest and just kind of like Figuring out, one, what your players like and what you can do well. And so I have I have grown immensely by just stepping out of my comfort zone and doing that. And so I would highly suggest anybody to do that. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like, I've grown a ton as a DM just jumping out of my comfort zone, which, you know, you know me, my comfort zone is pretty big, so... I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable doing a lot of stuff when it comes to like D and D and role playing. You know? Yeah. Um, but I've I've even grown a ton just doing like individual like divination scenes and like you know timing it with music and thunder and stuff like that, like you would see in like Critical Role or something. Because I just love that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, voices is another one doing all sorts of different voices, and you know what? Just saying, if it doesn't work very well. You know, I, I tried it, you know? So. Yeah, that's another thing. Players are a lot more forgiving than it seems. Like, you you, you put them in front of a situation. Like, I had a situation where I, I, I had kind of been kind of scared to run the party with a kind of low fighting scenario because they kind of really thrived in that and they really enjoyed the combat. And I was like, I'm just going to try it. Uh, at the end, there was going to be a huge boss but the kind of build up to it is investigation and like what's going on with this city why is all these people acting weird type stuff and so they did all this investigation and in the end they didn't like it as much as they liked the other stuff i mean there were some that that did enjoy it because not all players are the same but enough of them the majority were like nah that was great but it wasn't really what i come to D for and so i was like okay and so i've been able to grow and learn what the players like and what I like. And so one of the things that Matt Colville said in one of his videos, which, which hit me in a way that I kind of makes me feel like I'm doing a bad job because I didn't realize this simple thing is that I'm a player too. I come here to play. I come do D and D to play a game with my friends. It is important. Just as important as important. It is that they are having fun. It's important that I'm having fun. We're all players in this. And so if you're keep DMing and stuff and the stuff you're doing is not fun for you, like that's not good. You're a player too. 
your fun is important. You're putting a lot of time and effort into making these things and make sure you're enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. I mean, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat, you know, it's really important to realize that when you're the DM, that you are also playing the game, yeah. you know? Yes, you're running the game, but you're playing it too. And it's important that you have fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, you might be surprised kind of going off of the, you know, how much you grow and doing stuff out of your comfort zone. You never know if you like do a voice and you're like, Hey, I kind of like doing voices, you know, like I've never done that before. Or, Hey, I like making up this, this little story and, you know, having it be in this tavern, in this little play, or even like singing, you know, like having a band that you kind of like do a little, little song, you know, anything like that, mm. that you might feel like is a step out of your comfort zone might be fun. Yeah. And like you were saying, players can be a whole lot more forgiving and, if they're like, Hey, I didn't like that. Then you can easily, you know, change and you can see, cause it's important to know what your players like and what they want to play. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know what you want to play yeah. and kind of marry the two. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm, I've, I've reached this copacetic where I like and where they like mid ground. And so we're about to, we're, as I said, we're, we're nearing the end of our current campaign. We're working already working on characters and whatnot for the next campaign. And I was, I gave them a a list of, this is like three campaigns that I really like that I've kind of come up with, vote on which one you want to play and kind of gave basic descriptions of what they were and whatnot. And so I made sure that the three suggestions I gave were three that I would love to play, that I would be, I would be very happy playing. And so no matter what the the vote was, I'm still going to have fun. Right. And then with that kind of system, you can like, you know, tailor to how you kind of want to run and play as well um yeah and and but you also make sure that the that the one that gets the votes are other people are going to have fun with too right yeah totally yeah yeah i totally agree so yeah i think a tavern like this is a really good way to like explore what you can do in D &D, you know Mm -hmm. yeah and also if if like if your world is kind of very serious like you could throw something this is I mean, this isn't super silly because of like the lore behind it, but it might be it's it might be sillier than where your story has been going. And so a moment of levity like this might really put an interesting twist kind of on the world that even in a dark world, this is this exists type thing. Yeah. Or if your world is super serious, I mean, super silly, you make this like a more serious version of our thing. Like maybe it plays up the point of people here are can they feel like outcast other elsewhere and play that up and make this silly thing serious and so just kind of play it you can you can throw taverns and make taverns so similar but also incredibly different with the same basic premise of this tavern yeah totally absolutely you know, you can make it a permanent location, too, if you wanted. And you can you can stress different aspects of the tavern to make it feel mm. different depending on the game you're playing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And you can you can use that kind of concept and pretty much reskin anything you want within this tavern, mm-hmm. you know, to emphasize yeah. different aspects of it. And I think it's a really good way to introduce it like a, a fun role playing aspect into your game, especially if you don't normally run a game like that and then also just it's really important to give your players kind of a a reprieve from like if you run a really serious game it can be an important thing to like give them a fun reprieve that's different than what they 
have been, you know, trudging through. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, episode 12. I'm sorry. Why keep every time? Is this going to happen every time? I'm going to say the wrong no. episode number. Episode 13 of Dungeoneered. 13. Wow. That's not lucky, bad. lucky, lucky episode 13. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad luck. Hey, and well, we mentioned potatoes and potato wedges and chairs. We know? did early in on, but there wasn't actually one in the in the thing we made, which is a little sad. But dude, I guess we got to have potato wedges and chairs in that tavern, too. <laughs> next week. Next week. We'll figure out how to put it in next week. All right. We'll run. We'll run, we'll, we'll run the bit next week. I don't. We don't. Uh, we don't have a bit. Exactly. We'll run the bit. OK, well, thank you all for listening to episode 13 of Dungeoneered. See you next time. I was going to say, is this where I say bye? <laughs> no, that worked. That, that location worked. <laughs>